0: This is Jake McGrew, lead pastor here at Hope City Church, along with my wife, Jenny, and welcome to Hope Talks, a new short-form conversation we're hosting just for you. Our desire is to take a few minutes and talk with different people discussing relevant issues and help bring some wisdom and understanding from a biblical point of view. So sit back, relax, and enjoy Hope Talks.
1: everybody, it's Jenny McGrew. We just want to welcome you to Hope Talks today. Hope Talks is an in-between conversation at Hope City Church uh, between Sundays. Uh, we're just so honored to have three extraordinary men of God from all across Canada. We have Pastor Rick Sierra Montero. From Windsor, Ontario, Uh, Pastor Rick is the president of OBFF, which is a national organization that oversees uh, many churches in Canada. Uh, Another person we have on here is my father-in-law. It's so wonderful to have him today, David McGrew, who is president of CFCM, and uh, CFCM oversees hundreds of churches across Canada as well and he's a pastor of many people. Um, another wonderful gentleman we have on today is Pastor Len Zodeman. Mm-hmm. My husband and I had the amazing privilege of being under uh, Len's pastorship when we were in Calgary and he is the founder of Loveway which is an organization that seeks to um, reach people with the message of the love of Jesus Christ in Calgary, Alberta. So welcome everybody.
2: Thank you. It's an honor to be here. <laughs>
1: Len, you have anything you want to say? You're just smiling there.
2: I'm smiling. I'm really happy to be with you. And uh, I I think what I wanted to say coming into it, Jenny, was uh, thank you for the great work that you and Jake are doing in your region of Canada and how it's literally touching the world. You know, I, I see how hard the two of you work. You pour out your lives and uh, you want to see a generation mature and to become very strong and to fulfill destiny and purpose. I, I, I believe you see not just regular Christian people, but people who are flying high and are fulfilling heaven's assignment in their lives. And you have poured out your life for this. And so we honor you and God bless you and Jake both. You're amazing
1: people. So nice, thank you. Group hug right here. It's awesome. Um, so we have invited these extraordinary men of God to be with us today um, to talk about where you know we believe and we see the church heading. Obviously, with COVID nineteen, there has just been a lot, and that would be an understatement that is going on. It seems like things are moving rapidly, but the truth is, we've just become more aware of how rapidly things are moving. Things were all, already moving rapidly. Um, our eyes are just being more awakened and aware of what's happening and what's going on. And obviously um, the church has a huge part to play in it. Um, God is calling the church and has always called the church to be here for such a time as this. So this conversation today is really sparked um, from a conversation that um, these three men were a part of a few weeks ago, and that was on a national organization Uh, call much like this and when I heard them share on that call I was just really in my heart that we could be able to invite them on here and to begin to open up some of those topics again today so uh, we want to just open up a a conversation of just a couple of questions and just keep it simple so you know either of you can just just feel free to chime in and if you have nothing to to add to it or you have you know another direction that you want to take the conversation and we just fully welcome you to do that. Um, so the first question that we want to talk about today is: so, in light of everything that is happening, and perhaps even before you know this has all been happening, where do we see the church heading right now? Where 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 do you see the church heading in these days, in the weeks, you know, in the coming months ahead?
3: Anybody in particular, Jim?
1: David, you go. <laughs> uh.
3: I think uh, I think this is giving us all pause and opportunity to examine that we have not properly grounded or discipled people into their own spiritual roles of leadership. And I think that where the church is heading in the future is that this has been a wake-up call for men and women across the country to realize that we have to move away somewhat from our central idea of being the center of the stage leaders. We have to learn how to empower people who may not ever be professional ministers to pastor and to, to, to minister on everyday small group settings. I think we have to reach back down to the grassroots. I think this is the best time I could have ever imagined of being a leader in the body of Christ with so many people able to rise up and be released and become the leaders God's called them to be.
1: Yeah, come on.
3: Broad leadership.
1: Pastor Rick, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, you know, I really feel that
4: um, I've heard this from many voices across Canada, mm-hmm. in the world, really, that the church is in a reset mode. And I know on my iPhone here that's in front of me, I can hit reset for the network changes. And there's like four different resets that you can do on. But when I think of reset, it reminds me, first of all, is to adjust. There's things in the church world that need to be adjusted. And Mm. I believe that adjustment has to do with mindsets that are there. Mm. And so for the church to move forward, we have been a church to a great extent that has been passive. We've been a church that hasn't been uh, aggressive. We've been a church that has known the lamb nature very, very well, which is important uh, and to be secure in that. But when I look at the church that I see coming, it's there's a lion part of God that's in every man, every woman, every teenager, every young person, every older person. And it's that lion nature that I believe is going to be coming forth. It's been suppressed to a great extent because it's not, if you want to term it, religiously correct or politically correct. But there's an aggressive side of Jesus that the church world hasn't seen. And that side, I believe, is going to be coming forth. When I look at the generations coming together, what I've noticed about God in the reset, first of all, so it means adjust, but it also means to fix. And what I see that needs to be fixed is a collaboration in another dimension, where it's not a top-down leadership that's giving directions, that's telling us how to do everything, but it's literally bottom-up. And what I see from that is at the bottom is the starting point for all of us. That's where the foundation goes. And when we look in the uh, scriptures, we can see younger and older working together. He's the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, and the God of your fathers today. We always saw God speaking in generations. Matter of fact, one of my favorite verses is in Timothy, where it says the faith that was in the grandmother and Grandma Lois Now, we don't know how old Grandma Lois was, but she had faith, and it got into her daughter Eunice. And the apostle Paul now recognizes one of his spiritual sons, and he says, I'm persuaded that that faith that was in your grandmother that got into your mama, Timothy, it's inside of you. So I don't see the the generations in a competition. I see it in a completion. One of the uh, greatest delights in leadership that I've had over the years was bringing in um, what I call the next generation that's taking leadership. And we had 18 to 30-year-olds all in the room. This is one of my last meetings that I actually had at WCF, and I was getting groups together. And in the past, I had mostly the Christian ones that were raised up in the, in the church that were all in there speaking. And I told them, I said, to my next meeting, I says, I don't want the ones that have been around in the church for years. Yeah. I want the ones that are coming into the church mm-hmm. and talking to us on this. And so they came, uh, they brought them in here. And a lot of the older ones brought the other, the newer ones that were getting saved, that were just coming to Christ. Some of them were not even saved. Some of them were a month old in the Lord. And here they are now. And I'm saying, I'm here to learn from you. What is it? How can we connect with you? Talk to me. And they just gave me things that day that has just really helped me to have understanding of the generations. Because I believe that the Bible teaches us in First Corinthians that God has given a gift to every man. And that gift was given to help others. And if we don't make room, because this is the church you said that we see in the future, if we don't make room for the many various (laughs) gifts that are out there in the church world then will only be a one-generation church. Very
1: good.
4: And that's where many are plateauing today. That's where many have um, just stopped growing and began to diminish uh, through age. But I really believe that it's the generations working together collaboratively to say, what is God saying today? What is it we have a job to do? I don't believe we're going home yet. I believe that there's a billion souls that's going to be harvested. And I want to be a part of that, but not just me. I want my children. I want my grandchildren. And now I'm even a great-grandparent. I want to see those great-grandchildren used of God in a miraculous way. So that's what I see is a church that's working together with generational faith, generational anointing, generational values, generational covenant, generational generosity, generational serving all the way through in the kingdom of God. That's what I
0: see, Jen.
1: So good. Come on. Don't you guys just want to like shout, <laughs> okay. you know, that just makes me yeah. think about the book of Joel too, you know, in the last days I'll pour out mm. my spirit, you know, and I believe that we're living in those days, you know, and uh, you know, your young men will see visions, your old men will see dreams. You just see, you know, it talks about, you know, women and handmaidens, you know, all of them just working together, you know, and that's where, you know, just like you're saying, I believe that the pouring out of the spirit comes from is through the collaboration you know yeah. is that as we work together, you know um, there will be a pouring out of the Spirit of God in Amen. the name of Jesus Len. I can see you're busting with some thoughts there
2: Well, I think it's important for everyone to know that the Father really loves them intimately, and that's the amazing part of who God is is he loves you intimately, and now. Here you find yourself as one who is loved intimately in an elevator. And this elevator is moving, and wherever the elevator goes, you go in it. And that's the day we live in. We're living in a continuum right now of time. And in this continuum of time, something has happened that has shook the world. And so we find ourselves living in the worst of times and in the best of times, all at the same time. You know, in life, you can become bitter, or you can become better, but you make a choice in the midst of it. Right now, what we are seeing is, the, is a pandemic of fear. The pandemic of fear is revealing what the Father is doing in your life and around the world. He's fighting a war. Here's the war. He is tearing down the walls of separation. He's tearing it down as it relates to globalist strategies toward evil plans and purposes. He's tearing it down in terms of denominationalism that has separated the church. He's tearing it down in terms of religious spirits that have brought tremendous havoc in people's lives. For you personally, you are riding in an elevator in which the Father is saying to you, I am bringing you into a union with me. Now, I'll make this quick, but here's what this means. It means that there's two lives that you can live. You can live right now here. Hebrew says that everything that can be shaken is being shaken right now so that that which cannot be shaken can remain because we are receiving an eternal kingdom. Here's the reality. When you gave your life to Jesus, did you give your life in exchange for an eternal life or did you give your life for a better temporal life? Because what's being shaken is all of the temporal things in this life that we want life to give, or even the enemy will give. But those things are being shaken out, and the foundation is being revealed. And God is saying to you, will you come and experience a union in me so that I can open up realms to you, realms that are born out of the eternal life that you're being called into. That's what's happening right now.
1: That was really powerful i feel like you could have probably talked about 10 more minutes i could yeah <laughs> on that um and perhaps we'll get there in just a moment um so we've talked about you know where we where we see the church heading and you've all added different thoughts but it's just it's uh, it's different but the same we have a fullness of thought like we talked about at the beginning how do you let's talk some practicals how do we practically see the church getting there some tangibles david had talked about discipleship um what are we'll start with pastor rick maybe this time pastor rick what do you think some tangibles you know to get there
4: right well i believe first of all they need to be together uh you've probably heard me share this before that mm-hmm. when Rehoboam took over the kingdom from his dad solomon who was probably the wisest guy ever uh, that jesus made reference to he brought the younger leaders and the older together and he says how do you advise me And I am not condoning the uh, counsel that the younger at that time had given, but he had seen it work in the past where the younger and the older were together. So as leaders, we need to be in the same place together. Um, I love what I'm seeing even online now where senior leaders are now connecting with the next next generation, even the three and four generations after that, leaders, mentoring them, pouring into them and spending more time than they've ever in the past prior to this here event that's taking place with the c19 it was pretty much the sunday morning was the main thrust of the ministries and then midweek i'm sure was another part of it in the prayer service those are all important and all valuable but what went what's going on i believe the process to get there is face to face with them just as we're face to face Even on this call today, I might not be in Abbotsford, but I'm here in Windsor, and we're connected over here. And this is what is necessary today for people to feel valued, for people to feel that they have something. If we don't transition the church to that area where they're now the ministers of reconciliation, they are now the ones laying hands on the sick. They are the ones that are casting out the devil. They're the ones. And when Jesus looked in and he was thirty years old. We know when he was released into ministry and the disciples were under him for three and a half years. We know that to our knowledge only one of them was even married and that was Peter, because Jesus said, catch the fish, and he says, when it's uh pull up the fish, you'll see a coin and go pay the tax. Well, it was only the married people that paid, if you want to call it the seniors, that paid the temple tax of that day. And so he said, you go pay it for me, Peter are for me, Jesus, and you paid for yourself, Peter. So there was only two. We know that the only one that was referenced in the scriptures to actually being married was Peter. So apparently, the disciples that Jesus called had all the characteristics of teenagers, young adults that were all there, and the zeal and the passion that those 12 men, those 11 men after we know what happened with Judas carried on was way beyond anything we could ever believe of our dream on so my faith today is that the generation that I've been giving it into imparting into believing in them speaking over them prophesying over them and then challenging them to go and do the works you know in one of the um, sessions that we did where we had the miracle session I would do it every Sunday after the morning services I would take a group of about 30. And, and, take, and most of them were younger folks. Mm-hmm. And I just empowered them. And I said, now, you pray for the ailments in one another here. And just releasing them into it. Now, go out into your schools. Go out into your universities and go and do the works. We can see this is happening around the planet today, yes. that people want to be empowered. So that's what I see God doing today. And when they're using their gifts, yes. I've recognized that the depression And the heaviness that wants to clamp us down and push us into a little closet, into a little mold, it can't stay because they're seeing destiny. They're seeing fulfillment now of that they have something that God has given them and that they're going to use that gift now. That's what I really see the church rising up.
1: Wow. That was powerfully prophetic and powerfully timely. Wow. Uh, Pastor David father david do you have some thoughts to add to that
3: i'm in complete agreement with what rick just said i've often i've often encountered people who think that you're a leader because you're smarter because you're spiritual i'm going to tell you i've said it many times i am who i am because of the ministry that i've fulfilled Mm -hmm. nobody benefits from your service in the kingdom before you do, or even you it is your road of discipleship. It is your road of, of growth. So I would encourage anybody at any age to understand, as Rick said, the way to growing spiritually, the way to having a meaningful life, the way to feeling good about yourself and having a purpose is to apply yourself in service in the kingdom of God. It tests you, eventually, it pushes you to your limits. It makes you rely upon something other than yourself to shape your identity and to grow up. Rick just demonstrated that portion of scripture where it says Jesus called his disciples to him after a night of prayer. So this is a big deal. He prayed about it first, that they might be with him, and that he might send them forth to preach. You asked for something practical, and Rick demonstrated him. He he found the young people that were willing to grow. He drew them unto himself, much like Jesus did. He taught them, then he commissioned them. There's probably, I think it's the Gospel of Luke. Those four groups of three disciples spent primarily their time together, traveling around together. When they traveled around the ministry, Jesus, the first trip through, showed them what to do. They watched him the second trip. They worked alongside of him. In The third trip, they went on their own and he just supervised from a distance what they had done. I think the key is to connect people with you, to find opportunities and avenues to spend time with them so they don't just know what you believe, but they know who you are and why you do what you do. Paul made reference to that. And then put them in a place where they have to practice their faith, where they have to practice using their gifts, where you can pick them back up and dust them off and send them down the road again. I think it's going to take a lot of hands on work of people who don't mind getting their hands dirty to empower the next people, the next generation, regardless of their age. Spiritual generations aren't necessarily connected to years, they might be younger, but they might just be a new again person to empower them and send them down the pathway. Wonderful. That's my thought.
1: Yeah, wonderful. Very good. Wonderful. Len?
2: Well, you know, I, I think where the church is, is heading is, is in reflection of the Father. And he's, his heart is to transform you, transform your life. And um, you are spirit, soul, and you are body. You are three-part. So there's an outer court, there's an inner court, and there's a holy of holies. In church, a lot of church life in a corporate sense is outer court. We have outer court praise, outer court dancing, outer court events, and it's all outer court, and it's a great deal, but it doesn't change us. There's a place where you move into an inner court, where you begin to move into relationships, and then the or the inner court, and then the holy of holies, where you begin to encounter the presence of God in a deep and meaningful way. This is where the church is heading: is we're not going to spend our life dancing in the outer court all the time. So, what is it going to look like? As we move from outer court church, as an old wine skin, into inner court and holy of holies, the key word that we're going to see in the midst of this is a shift, and it's a big one, because the church was founded largely on awakenings that brought belief systems, and those belief systems became denominations, and those denominations separated us, and we began to build centers out of which beliefs were what shaped our lives. Now, you know what? I'm not against that. We needed that. But your generation, Jen, and the the ones you're reaching aren't like ours because we were like eagles. We were independent. Your generation that you're reaching is about community. And the number one shift that we are about to see is a shift into the desire for belonging and genuine relationship. And so what the church is, and you see, this is in the time of God. God God is doing this at a time in, for a culture that say we want to belong. Right. And here's what's going to happen. In this, you're going to discover that it's going to be okay not to be okay. Right. Mm-hmm. In my day, if I had a crisis, if I had depression, if I felt unloved, I was told I didn't have enough faith, Right. if you can imagine. And in the midst of this, the heart cry of a people is, can I find safe people? Can I find people that have been touched with the Father's heart who will love me? Because here's what's going to happen. We're going to do life together. We're going to do church together in an inner court place that's going to move us into a holy of holy transformation. And that song, that old song, He Ain't Heavy, He's My Brother, it's gonna be sung by people everywhere.
1: Hmm. Wow. Who sings that song? I don't no even. Shit. So good. So good. Can we talk longer, please? All of us. Um, that song, he. What was the name of that song?
2: Oh, you know that song, He Ain't Heavy, He's My Brother?
1: No, I think. The that's... Road is. I think that's the first time you've ever brought up a song that I didn't know.
2: Oh, Jen, you're going <laughs> to love it. It's really from, from the 60s. Yeah, Jen, it's you know, back in our day. It's, a, it's no, obviously, it, Jen, you'll love that song because it speaks to yeah. not only Jesus, but it speaks to who we are in this time. Because you know what? Here's the key is that, you know what? We can see the outer person. We can see the outer flaws. We can see the outer brokenness that came into their lives. But you know what? When the Father looks at us, he looks at that inner court and he looks at that Holy of Holies and he looks at the dream because he's already wrote the book. And he's going to bring people into your life that will love and see that dream. And that's what's happening in the church is we are seeing an outflow of compassion. We're seeing a belonging because all around us, heart cry you know what heart cry of the world is i want to know what love is i want to know what love is can you show me and and you know what they're actually going to find it in church they're not gonna the church is changing where instead of being told well you know what You, you you failed in this and you failed in that what you know why people fail they fail because they're separated right that's what happens, yeah. and when people are separated, things break down. But you know what? Union unites us into the heart and into the love of the Father, and it changes our lives in every way. It's as simple as that. It's not complicated. Yeah,
1: it is simple and it's not complicated. Uh, on a lighter note, was anyone thinking of the '80s song "I Want to Know What Love Is" when he was singing those?
3: <laughs> I did. I did. I was ready to stand up and start singing the rest. Oh, help us. It it brought me
1: back to a Tuesday night prayer night in Calgary. You
2: did. And and Len was sharing,
1: he was sharing on the similar thoughts. And I actually, I actually turned part of that into a worship song.
2: You did.
3: (laughs) Oh, you can do it, Jim. I just want to. You'll (laughs) like,
1: sorry. You'll like the
3: other song you brought up, Jim, because there's a, there's a story behind it that I think it's a true story. Really? And uh, Yeah, I think it's a true story. Uh, It it was told to me as it was true when the song was popular. It had Mm. to do with starting Boys Town Orphanage. And um, Mm. a fellow remarked, "Now you'd have to check it out, Jen." But a fellow remarked that that, uh, the story began because there was a young boy carrying a kid on his back with no shoes on. The little Mm. boy on his back didn't have any snow or didn't have any shoes and he was walking in snow. And the man said to the, a man said to the, to the older boy, he must be heavy. He said, no, he ain't heavy. He's my brother. But he couldn't put him down to walk in the snow. That's the story behind the song anyway.
2: Wow. That's good. That's yeah. good. Wow. I think of soldiers where one gets mortally wounded and can't carry himself anymore. And all of a sudden, somebody comes along and he carries them from a place where they could have never yeah. made it back into the camp and where they get restored back to life. Why? He ain't heavy. He's my brother.
3: Coming out of the wilderness, leaning on my beloved. Absolutely. Yeah.
4: Which, literally, from a from a generational perspective, in the old, mm-hmm. you weren't touchable. You weren't. Um, you weren't. Um, how how <clears throat> could you accessible? We were like on different platforms. But I yeah. believe that whole thing has shifted yeah. today completely. Out that everyone's of value. Everyone. Yeah whether it's the IT guy behind the scenes, whether it's the sound man that's in the back, not just in the church, but every one of these are gifts that are so incredible in the body of Christ.
1: Come on. So good. Len, what was the name of that song again? I wanted to look it up.
2: He Ain't Heavy. He's My Brother.
1: He Ain't Heavy?
2: I think so. Yeah, that's it. it You'll love it, Jen. You know, I, I think that... This culture is, and we're seeing it in social media, is has has changed. You know, over time, I've worked in television, and I remember in the, in the days of television, you know, everything had to be done perfectly. You know, you couldn't go on a television program without makeup. Even guys had to wear makeup, if you can imagine. And, mm-hmm. and the set had to be right and all this stuff. And now today, you know what? It's all about just being real. And some of the stuff is just, it, it isn't even, it's just raw. Because you know what? people now don't want the veneers they want the raw because you know what the raw does the raw touches a denominator that the veneer will never get to and so what it means is that leaders of all walks of life are really liberated from being perfect because the facade of perfection keeps your life very superficial But if you can press through into the rawness, you suddenly touch denominators in people's lives where they connect. And you know what? We do that when we're safe in the love of God. It's extraordinary. That's where the church is headed. The veneer always
3: said, uh, if you work hard, you can be like me. You can have what I've got. And so we, we raised up a generation of people who we wanted to have, look at us, admire us, and become like us. But the raw says, that's who I am. I'm mm-hmm. already like that. That's the real me. Yeah.
2: I think another, another thing that we have to see is we have to, we have to he- hear and, and see life in stereo. You know, in North America, we, we grew up in a culture in which the gospel was presented in a, in a very, from a global standpoint, in a wealthy world. And, and we saw all the benefits of what it was to be a Christian. But when you go to countries in the world like India, or you go to uh, Iran, where women are, are being murdered and being brutalized, and you go to Indonesia, and you go to China, where there's still a million people in concentration camps, and you see so many people who gave their lives. You see, here's what the deal was in those countries. When you gave your life to Jesus, you said no to the temporal life. And you said yes to the eternal life. You know what we want? We want in North America a culture that embellishes the values of our system. But we get snared in it. And and so what's happening is is we're beginning to hear in stereo. And in this shaking, what's happening is, is the temporal life and all the facades and all the things that people thought was good is being stripped away. And they're finding, you know what? There's no foundation in this. And that's brought great fear because the fear was rooted in the separation of what was really eternal. So what's happening to individuals listening to this is that right now they have the ability to realize, am I going to live the rest of my life on a temporal foundation or am I going to let this season become a turning point where I will begin to live my life out of an eternal timeline? And if you live it out of a temporal timeline, you don't touch the eternal very well. But if you live it out of an eternal dimension, that eternal dimension then comes to bring to bear a grace and a life into this temporal one. That's what people have. And that's what's happening. That's what's being shaken right now, right around the world.
3: That's great. Well said. Very well said.
1: Very well said. I want to read a scripture, but I want to read the lyrics of that song. If we can just go back to that mm-hmm. for a second before we close here. Um, for some others that may not know the song, like I didn't know the song. <laughs> it says, the road is long. Is this the, is this the song? The road is long and yeah, yeah, with a winding it. turn that leads us to no, to who knows where, who knows where, but I'm strong, strong enough to carry him. Whew, he ain't heavy. He's my brother. So on we go. His welfare is my concern. No burden is he to bear, we'll get there. For I know he will not encumber me. He ain't heavy, he's my brother. If I am laden at all, I'm laden with sadness that everyone's heart isn't filled with the gladness of love for one another. It's a long, long road for which there is no return. While we're on the way to there, why not share? And the load doesn't weigh me down at all. He ain't heavy he's my brother.
2: That's the song you sing, Jen, to all the people you minister to every day on your podcasts and on your social media and your church.
1: Yeah. It's a song that we're all called to sing, you know. Yes, it is. It's the song of the redeemed, you know, like that yeah. old hymn, the, the love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong it will evermore endure the saints and angels song. Um I want to end with the scripture today before we close and some of you had touched on this but i just kept hearing the lord say i'm deploying people into their destiny (laughs) and uh hold on my bible app's not coming up here but it's out of isaiah 16 i want to read it in the amplified it says arise from your spiritual depression to a new life shine and be radiant with the glory and the brilliance of the lord for your light has come And the glory and brilliance of the Lord has risen upon you. For in fact, darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness will cover the people, but the Lord will rise upon you and his glory and brilliance will be seen upon you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. I want to end here. It says, lift up your eyes around you and see. You know, and you see that is what's happening in Jesus' name, that the church, that we are all lifting up our eyes around us to see. God, may you give us all an understanding heart, a heart that hears you, Lord, a heart that is Mm -hmm. quick to obey you. Lord, I thank you that you are opening um, eyes even wider, that you're opening the eyes of the blind, Lord, you're opening ears of the deaf, Lord, that you are tuning our ears to hear your voice in this hour lord may every other voice pale in comparison to your voice lord may every other face pale in comparison to your face lord jesus god i thank you that there is just a sharp turning towards you in this season lord and there is a great falling of knees um, to the ground lord jesus as, as we humble our hearts lord jesus and we turn aside and we look away to seek you in this hour Lord Jesus you said that if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways Lord that you would um that you would hear from heaven Lord that you would come and that you would heal their land Lord so we just thank you that a holy army is rising Lord Jesus this, the saints and angels song is rising in this hour Lord to pray to, to worship Lord Jesus to, uh, to lift up the hands that hang down God I just thank you that you are lifting up the hands that have been so bound in depression and lord but they are lifting them up to the king of kings and to the lord of lords god we thank you that where your spirit is that there is freedom like no other in this hour lord and that freedom is begetting freedom to the world around us jesus god we thank jesus. you that you are the god of all hope and you are filling generations with all hope and peace and believing that generations are abounding like never before in hope by the power of of your Holy Spirit. God, we thank you that a holy army is awakening. A holy army is arising to shine, Lord Jesus. Not that people would see us, God, but that people would see you, Lord, and they would come into that place of holy transformation, Lord. This is a season to go from glory to glory. It's a season to go from grace to grace. Uh, We're not going from trial to trial. We're going from testimony to testimony of the glory and the goodness and the power of God in Jesus' name
0: well there you have it friends we hope you enjoyed our short conversation and that God spoke to you through it bringing hope healing and life As always, we'd love to hear from you. Send us a message and share any thoughts or questions you'd like to hear us discuss on an upcoming episode of Hope Talks. And lastly, if what you heard today helped you, consider rating and reviewing the podcast to help get the word out to others. Until next time, friends, keep pressing into all God has for you, and we hope to see you soon.